This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Today, we are going to talk college basketball with Jimmy Dykes from ESPN and the SEC Network. We've had him on now three years in a row, and he's a great guest and once again, he delivers, shares some some very encouraging words and inspiration, and and has a deep faith. And then also, we'll, we'll get some some basketball talk as well. And I don't know about you, but this was an awesome tournament. I hope you watched it. I hope you enjoyed it. I, I was able to watch a lot of these games this year. Thankfully, my my schedule just kind of uh, allowed it to happen, and was able to still participate in family activities and watch a ton of games and it was just it was just such a fun tournament there there were very few duds I, I know people question the elite eight but even in the elite eight some of the the blowout games carried a lot of uh, storylines and, and intrigue uh in the midst of maybe the game not being great but uh you know just the fact that the elite eight set up Duke Carolina I mean that was pretty remarkable so, uh, and then of course the end of St. Peter's happened in the Elite Eight as well. But, uh, but so much to, to, to kind of reflect on in regards to the tournament and the championship game. I mean, it lived up to the hype. Going into it, I, I really, I also thought Duke would beat Carolina, but I thought Kansas would run away with it. And, and I kind of bought into the theory of, man, it's so hard. The next game after Duke Carolina, even in the regular season, like that first one, uh, during the season, it's like Duke lost that Monday afterward after they beat Carolina. Uh, I think it was Virginia. And so that kind of thing happens normally. So for Carolina to come out and actually play really, really well, and, and I'm not sure they could have done a ton of things differently. I just think Kansas, they just took it up a notch in the second half. And, and they just had a little bit more maybe energy, but I thought they were bigger, stronger, uh, even though Carolina had some size, but it was just like at every position, it felt like, wow, Kansas is just a bigger, kind of more mature team uh, size-wise, plus they had a bunch of seniors, and, and so they were, they, were in, they, they were in position to win. We just kind of overlooked Kansas, I thought, um, but Carolina was incredible. What a run. Uh, it, was just, it was just an amazing performance all the way through for them to hang on to the Baylor win, but then to see it in the championship game where they get up by 16 and then lose, for that to happen in the same tournament is wild. It really is. And then to beat Duke twice in a row is is crazy and hard for me to still grasp. 
but uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll we'll get into some of that with uh, with Jimmy Dykes here on the show. Let's thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. My wife and I, we are members of MediShare and encourage you to check it out to see if it's the right fit for you and your family. Uh, you can get a quote and, and see if it can save you money, see if it's the, the, the right option. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Well, right now, let's jump right in. Here's Jimmy Dykes. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on the MetaShare guest line is Jimmy Dykes. He's a follower of Jesus, a husband, father, ESPN and SEC Network college basketball analyst. He's a former basketball coach and author of the book, The Film Doesn't Lie, Evaluating Your Life One Play at a Time. The book encourages readers to make meaningful changes to deepen their faith and contentment. You can follow Jimmy on Twitter at Coach Jimmy Dykes. And I've got to ask him about a couple of his tweets uh, during the interview today. But Jimmy, so great to have you on. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. It was a fabulous NCAA tournament. And now the season's over. I'm in my uh, off season. Uh, just spend time daily with my family. Our daughter's in high school. She runs track. And uh, it's a season here in Arkansas. My wife's also a head cheerleading coach at the high school. So we're busy with 34, 35 girls every day that she's uh, do, doing really well. I, I appreciate you having me on. Oh, absolutely. Well, well great to, to catch up with you. And, and, and first off, we'll, we'll talk about the tournament overall, but let, let's talk about last night. Cause it's, it's fresh on our minds. I, I thought it was incredible. What a, what a wonderful game. Uh, and so what was your takeaway from, from Kansas winning it all with the remarkable comeback? What, what did you see? Yeah, I saw the same thing. I saw a really resilient, tough Kansas team that's had played with a lot of urgency, a lot of conviction. Uh, that first four minutes, the second half, that was going to decide where that game was going to go. And Kansas came out, and you could just watch their aggressiveness defensively, their energy, their pressure. It all started, I think, on that end of the floor. And they just had, you know, one or two probably more weapons than North Carolina did. You know, Remy Martin hit a couple of huge shots in that second half, and then they closed out the game going inside to McCormick. So it just kind of speaks to how good of a both Hubert Davis and Bill Self are, but obviously Bill made some couple of adjustments at halftime. It paid off for him, and he gets a second title now. But uh, what an unbelievable first year for Hubert Davis, you know, a guy that in mid-January, there's a lot of questions whether or not North Carolina made the right hire, and I'm sure he had a, a lot of voices around him and a lot of doubt maybe trying to creep in. But, man, he did a fantastic job of, of ignoring all that noise, believing who he was as a person, who he was as a coach, and got his guys all the way to almost cutting the nets. They were 20 minutes away from doing it. Absolutely. So, I, I admittedly, I am, I am a Duke fan, but I love Hubert Davis. Uh, he's been on our show. He's just a tremendous guy, and and I, I was just so impressed with all that, that he and the Tar Heels uh, accomplished this year. But but what about his coaching and you as a former coach stands out, just as far as his uh, style, philosophy, what, 
what makes him him special as a head coach? Well, I think it's really crystal clear how engaged he is with his players, the passion and the love and the care that he has for them. Because we heard him talk so many times about he wants his team to experience what he experienced as a player, the big stage and all those things. Uh, we know Hubert is rock solid in his faith. He doesn't run away from it. Every time he has an opportunity to talk about the name of Jesus and how that you know kind of focuses him and drives him as a head coach, uh, he does it. And I think this it's a, he's a real guy. You know, he's a terrific father, terrific husband, a terrific basketball coach. Uh, but he's very engaging, not only with his players but with the media, even his in-game. Uh, interviews I thought were outstanding like he really takes the time because he's been on our side he's he's been at ESPN he knows you know that that's an important part of it so uh, he knocked it out of the park in about every area you possibly can for a first-year guy. Absolutely, and his last last night in-game uh, interview was was epic, one, one for the ages, uh, yeah. bringing the energy and excitement, that's for sure. Uh, actually, on a side note, overall, I watched a, a lot of the games. I found coaches to be a little bit more respectful during those or, or, or more informative even uh, this year in, in particular. So I don't know if, I don't know what changed, maybe COVID changed something, but I, I found those to be pretty, pretty decent the majority of the time. Did you sense that? Yeah, we had them on our Tuesday shows in the SEC, uh, Marty Smith with Carl Ravitch and I, and I think it's a lot of developing a relationship with those coaches, but I think COVID probably opened our eyes to how fortunate we all are to be doing what we're doing and having fans back and a sense of normalcy. Maybe there's just a little bit more gratitude uh, for everyone involved right now in college athletics. At least I hope so. And maybe that's, maybe that was a sign of it in those interviews. I, I agree with you. I thought those coaches this year, were very uh, in, engaging. They didn't just give coach speak throughout that NCAA tournament. They they were really good. They they kind of brought us in a little bit, a little deeper into who they are and what this game is, which is the purpose of an in game interview. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it accomplished what they what they had hoped, and and good job to the sideline uh, reporters as well. Well, let, let's talk about the the overall tournament because as a college basketball fan, I, I thought it was just such a treat from start to finish, and, and every round had so many kind of special moments to it. And, and and I saw you tweet this. You said college basketball is awesome. The issues we need to deal with are off the court, not on it. Phenomenal NCAA tournament. It's not broke, trending in the wrong direction, or going backwards. It's not perfect, but it is awesome. So, so un- unpack that a little bit further for us, just kind of your overall view of this tournament and, and college basketball and where it's at. Well, I think the viewership of the tournament this year backs up that statement. Like it's college basketball is at a close to an all-time popularity poll high. Yeah. Uh, those games had unbelievable numbers watching them. Uh, the product on the floor this year was a little older, which probably made the product overall better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a 20, that's a, 21 or 22 year old average age Kansas team that won it last night, but the quality of play all year long was really outstanding. And I think a lot of us due to the, obviously the transfer portal, but guys staying with extra COVID year, how old the game was this year. Uh, Is the game perfect on the floor? No. Uh, And it's never going to be. And uh, you know, the officiating gets a lot of hard shots taken at it. And I'm not one of those guys that does that. If there's a, a missed call in one of my games, I certainly point it out and try to do it with the right tone and the right spirit about, about me. But, you know, those guys have a thankless job. And 
uh, the, to me, the major areas of concern with college basketball aren't on the floor. Like, mm -hmm. do we go to four quarters as opposed to two halves? I, it doesn't matter. That's, if you want to do that, that's fine. But we don't need to start creating more rules and bringing more fouls into the game and thinking that the game is way too physical and, and we're, we're trending in the wrong direction. I don't think we are. We're playing real basketball with real athletes with tremendous size on a, on a court that the, the dimensions have not changed since we began playing. So there's going to be contact in the game. Uh, the, the bigger issues are outside of the court with the NIL, where there's no uh, standard across college basketball for everyone to deal with on the same plane and the transfer portal and how that continues to affect managing your own roster. So with that being said, college basketball is in, in very, very healthy right now. And it's at the end of the day, it's a game. I know guys, their livelihood is at stake for those coaches. Guys are trying to get to the NBA, but for the rest of us, it's a game. It's entertainment. We want it. We want to see reality TV played out in front of us with that sport. And I think that NCAA tournament just knocked it out of the park in that area this year. It, it really did. And I found just watching you know, some of these teams that maybe I didn't watch all season long, hearing the stories of the transfers and, and having the older players. And in many ways, it seemed like, wow, this is a really positive thing because some of these maybe middle tier strong conference teams go up a notch by getting a transfer here or there, even with UNC getting Brady Manick. So it seemed like a, a lot of positives. What do you see with the concerns with the transfer portal? And, and, and even did you see the advantages of it as well? Yeah, I, I saw the advantages of it. And I also see the disadvantages of it. Uh, the advantages of it are a guy like Brady Manick, who was phenomenal uh, with his transfer from Oklahoma to North Carolina. That it, it played out at, above and beyond probably what he even anticipated. The negative yeah. for a portal is uh, when by the time we start next fall and kids are enrolled at their, at their school for the 2022-23 season, about 30, 20, 25 to 30% of the kids that went in the portal, they won't have a place to land. They don't understand that, that the number of transfers that are entering the portal, when you consider the number of high school kids that have already taken those scholarships, there's not enough to go around for everybody. So that's, hmm. that's the downsize of it is kids put their name in the portal and they may have to transfer down a level to Division two or Division three if they're not careful. So there are some negatives about it. Obviously, the, for a coach, it's a pain in the, it's a pain in the backside. You're hmm. always having your eye on the portal to see what players are available. You're constantly having to recruit your own players. You're having to recruit yeah. your own players that have been with you for a year or two to make sure they're – they're not going somewhere else. Uh, so, you know, those, those, those players need to guard their heart and guard their own ears, make sure they're listening to the right people. Uh, because as many success stories that we, as we saw in the transfer portal, there's just as many that did not work out. And that's going to continue. That's right. Yeah, and some of these guys just need to stick it out where maybe this year was a tough year for them. And the answer isn't necessarily to leave, but it's to, to dig in deep and come back stronger for this coming year. Um, well, as you look back at the the tournament, what, what do you think will be uh, the memories years from now? Some of the, the storylines that, that, that really jumped out to you that, man, this, this is what made this year's tournament so memorable. Well, obviously, the, the swan song for Coach K, you know, we all had our eyes on that from the open uh, in his first round game, just when and where is it going to end? And he got his team all the way. He's a regional champion and got his team all the way to the final four. 
events and win it, but that was a that was a story being right before our own eyes. And you go back to the opening weekend, the opening opening two days, Kentucky losing as a two seed to a fifteen seed, a Kentucky team that many people, including myself, had in the bracket going on the final four and they get on stouts. And now Kentucky's a two year swing of no NCAA tournament last year, losing this round this year, and that's not the Kentucky standard. So we'll see where Kentucky goes from there. Iowa winner of the Big Ten tournament, boom, bounced early. Didn't hold up. Uh, Gonzaga, everybody's seems like everybody's picked to win the whole thing. Couldn't couldn't make it to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Uh, so there's a lot of stories there. St. Peter's was a tremendous story to follow, and the number of wins they had and how they looked doing it. They weren't they weren't caught by surprise at all being on a big stage. They looked like they belonged. So, but then you know ultimately. Kansas win the national championship, a team that, you know, Kentucky went into Kansas back at the end of January and humiliated the Jayhawks on their home floor. And I think most people discounted Kansas at that time of being a legitimate national champion contender. I know I did. I, mm-hmm. I know how good Kentucky was. But when you get punked on your home floor like they did, common sense kind of, kind of tells you that's probably not going to be your national champion. Well, that's, that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament surprises all the time. You got to have some breaks in your bracket, and you got to be playing your best ball. And Kansas checked all those boxes at the right time. They they sure did, and it was just interesting too. I mean, they were just so overlooked, even with all the storylines of the Final Four, and then they're the ones standing at the end, cutting down the net. So, uh, so pretty cool. Well, you you mentioned Coach K, and, and of course, as a, as a Duke fan, I was following everything closely. But but just as we, you know, he retires and all that kind of thing. What do you admire most about? him and and the way that he coached for four decades i think when he coached as long as he has you've seen a lot of changes in the game he continued to have us get to the ncaa final four i believe every decade that he coached in that's not easy to do right. because the game was always changing he was in front of it or stayed even sit down from behind make sure that he was on top of things so i think it speaks resiliency it speaks to the staff that he had it speaks to the culture that he had built there at Duke the expected expectations to win you know no matter what the what the game said how it's supposed to be played whether through the one and done era the 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 implementation of the three-point line just all the things that took place while he was coaching he handled really well so he's a he's a testament in knowledge common sense drive determination uh conviction I love that. Gosh, that's a great, great perspective. And I'm even thinking of that word. I wrote it down, the word adaptable and how that relates to our own lives. Um, that's pretty cool. So that's, that's, uh, that's a good thought. Well, Jimmy, always love talking basketball with you and encourage people to follow you on, follow you on Twitter at Coach Jimmy Dykes and, and, of course, tweeting basketball. But you also tweet some great encouragement and, and inspiration. And in, in, on that platform, it's only a short little uh, – little quote so i want to be able to unpack that a little bit more today on our show uh and one thing you tweeted recently uh you said god sometimes gives us more than we can handle it forces us to our knees at his feet where he has our full attention and i'm I'm, I'm passionate about this as well because oftentimes i think this gets misrepresented misquoted um the verse that a lot of people refer to is talking about temptation um and so what, what do you, uh, I guess, how can you explain this a little bit further? Well, I, I wasn't thinking temptation when I tweeted that. I was thinking that he gives us trials and tests and things not going our way 
uh, at time for us to really get to a spot where we're destined on him, which is ultimately what he wants and ultimately where he wants us to be. And sometimes get our attention to those areas is to go through our difficult times. And sometimes it could be temptations that people are dealing with. But I think a lot of times, you know, he uh, allows things to go on knowing that ultimately it's for our good because ultimately it brings us to his feet on our knees, dead for God. If you go test some trials and it drives you further from God and questions your belief in God and relationship with Jesus, then that's that's on you because that's God's intentions for it at all. His intention, hard thing in our life is to be used for his glory and to draw us closer to him. So I just, I have that written down. One of the things I have written down here in my home office is that, is that tweet that I sent out. It's just a good reminder for me, you know, once a, once every couple of weeks when I read it to realize when things aren't quite going my way, all that's doing is, is driving me to have more time, more time in God's word to seek him. Amen. 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 Well, I, I guess I, was, sorry, I wasn't probably clear what I was saying as far as sometimes when people say, well, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. And in many ways that ends up being viewed as, yeah, I'm going to be able to overcome this and I'm going to be strong enough in my own ability to overcome that. Whereas I agree with you that, that God's going to allow things to happen in our life to where we're totally dependent on him, that we can't, we can't do it in, in our own ability. But when it comes to temptation, he's not going to allow a temptation to overcome us. He's going to give us a way out. So that's, that's where he's not going to give you a temptation that we can't handle. And some people will say, oh, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't overcome the temptation. Well, no, God would have given you the strength to overcome that temptation. I, uh, yeah, I love, I love this, this topic because I think it's important for us to get back to, yeah, the, the truth of our dependence on God. So. No, I agree. I, I agree 100%. And when, when temptation comes across our path, uh, we do have a choice. We do have a choice. I, I think that we get away from that sometimes. We, and the scripture is very clear that when we are tempted, we're, we're drawn away by our, by our own selfish, uh, lustful choices in our life. And those aren't things that we blame on God. And I, you know, I, you, you put this temptation. No, no, that's not, that's not true. We used to put ourselves in those temptations and we choose how to handle them when they, when they cross our path. Uh, but we have a lot of responsibility in our walk with God. That's right. Because you also tw- uh, tweeted, we all have the same choice today. God, I need you. God, I've got this. And, and, it, and it goes back to that, that wrestling of, all right, are we going to do it on our own or are we going to do it with him and, and our dependence on him? Um, all right, let me. I want to unpack this other, other quote from you as well. Uh, there are so many things in life today that are competing for our praise, but there is only one worthy of our praise. His name is Jesus. So what does praise look like? Do you on a, on a day-to-day basis and, and, and how do we battle the competition for praise? Yeah, I think if you, like if, even in my own life, there are things that I cheer for and lift up and tell people how awesome something is or how cool something is or how I wish I had this or that. And that's all a form of praise coming out of my lips for something. And there's not that as long as the thing that's most praiseworthy is the name of Jesus. Well, no, that's, that's an excellent perspective, and, and especially for us as, as sports fans, you know, it's always about, oh, it's unbelievable, this and that, and, and we, we go nuts over performances and accomplishments, and, and really it is praise. And we were designed to worship, we were designed to praise, and uh, like you say, it's, we were designed to, to praise the name of Jesus. And so, yeah, we just have to, to 
refocus our, our attention for sure. And it, it starts over every day. Um, another thing that, that you tweeted very simply, you said his voice above all others. And, and I think oftentimes people go, well, how do you hear God's voice? And, and what does it mean to, to, to hear his voice? How, how, how is that, how is that uh, throughout your own faith journey? How have you uh, learned to understand God's voice better um, and to put his voice ahead of all the other voices that we're hearing from all, all sides? You know, we wake, we wake up every day and there's a lot, of, a lot of voices in our life fighting for our attention, fighting for our ears, fighting for our heart. And we have to be very intentional. At least I do. Maybe other people have figured out a different way to do it. I have to be very intentional about hearing God's voice in my life. And how does he speak to us? He speaks to us through his written word. If our Bible sits on the counter for months at a time and never opens it, it's not going to have much effect on us. It's not going to have much impact. So I think it's an intentional daily time in God's written word, allowing him to speak to us, allowing our hearts to learn and grow and uh, all those all those things that you, you get from spending time with, with uh, another person. And that's the relationship you need to have with your Lord and Savior, Jesus, if you're going to have any growth in that area as well. You know, people say, How do, do you ever hear God's voice? And I'm like, maybe, maybe this has been a handful of times in my life I really felt like that God really impressed upon me at this moment. I Like almost telling me, I want you to go down this path and this is what I have for you. But for the most part, He's not going to burn a bush like he did for Moses. It's going to be just quiet, quality, soft whispers, time, and getting into his word and studying his word. He's already spoken to all of us. We just don't take the time to open the Bible and read it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that Bible's not going to do me any good if all I do is put on my pillow at night, sleep on it. I got to get into it. I got to study. I got to spend time with it, just like any other thing in life. Amen. Well said. I think I think that's exactly it. And, and yeah, God, God's always speaking to us. Um, but it is the quiet whispers, and, and we're, not, we're just not listening intently. But uh, he's always available to us to, to lead and guide. We've got to yield to him for sure. Well, uh, Jimmy, we, we've had you on a couple of years in a row talking about your, your book, The Film Doesn't Lie. And, and so this still holds up. It's, a, it's a, a wonderful book for people to check out. But I'm just curious, do you have intentions of writing an, another book or – what, what does that look like? Uh, we'll see. Yeah, a, a lot of people ask me about that, and I appreciate it. Um, I wrote that first book because God really laid it on my heart to do it. So I wrote it out of obedience. If he lays it on my heart to, to write something else, I'll certainly dig into it. Right now, that's that's not where, I, where I'm at, but that could change tonight. That could change tomorrow <laughs> morning. You know, And I get back in touch with you and say, hey, you asked me about this last week, and here we go. So uh, I... I, I had so much uh, fulfillment and enjoyment from writing that book. I continue to be really encouraged still by readers that email me or reach out to me. And they talk about a chapter in the book that really challenged them and changed their life direction. So all those are, are really, you know, great, great, great things for me to see how God used that book just like he wanted to use it. That, that's awesome. Well, the last thing is you, uh, you mentioned you're heading into the off season. And so things are a little, little bit, uh, calmer in regards to not traveling as much calling games and, and being a part of college basketball. Uh, do you have a, a strategy when it comes to reading your, yourself or any, any books that you're hoping to, to sit down and, and read or study or, or things like that now that you, you have a little extra time? Yeah, I, we're going through the book of John right now in our church. And there's a study oh, guide cool. that goes along with that that I'm working through in the mornings. 
Um, I'm not a huge book reader. It's crazy to say that as a guy that wrote a book and an author. Um, but I, 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 I find I, 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 I'll find three or four in the summer to read. Uh, they're they're going to be faith based books. If I'm going to spend the time doing it, that's that's where I want to grow and be challenged. Uh, but most of my reading is just me with my Bible and uh, just trying to absorb and learn and and let my heart be changed by by God's written word. That's that's the focus of my reading. Other than that, my my time with my family, watching our daughter run track, and uh, just be, being a dad and being a husband again and hanging out with our dog right there. We've got another one around here somewhere. You heard them both barking a minute ago. Uh, that, that's, that's the best part of my off season is just living a normal life, you know, again, because for four and a half, five months, it's normal for us, but it's not normal when you're gone as much as I'm gone and, and the stress of travel and all those things, but still very blessed, very fortunate that God has given me a, a tremendous career, a great platform uh, to, to, to talk about him uh, with guys like you. Amen. Well, we're, we're thankful that you're, you're willing to do that. And, and thanks for coming on to, to encourage our listeners today and, and some great, uh, insight and, and wisdom. So appreciate you sharing that and, uh, enjoy the off season, catch your breath and man, the, hopefully the momentum of college basketball continues. Cause I'm still, I'm still feeling great about this tournament and can't, can't wait for next year. So, uh, we appreciate it, Jimmy. I'm with you. We'll do it again down the line. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. There's Jimmy Dykes. Joining us here on the MetaShare guest line right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio to unpack our conversation with Jimmy Dykes. And two things I want to uh, discuss a little bit further and... The first thing is the the faith conversation that we had where you know Jimmy tweeted this out. God sometimes gives us more than we can handle. It forces us to our knees at his feet where he has our full attention. And so I love that. And the reality is, yeah, God does give us more than we can handle so that we turn to him. So I just want to hit home on that again and I did a little research, and I just think there's some confusion about that saying, God will never give us more than, than we can handle. And, and I was reading on, uh, it's, it's called insightforliving.ca, uh, but they use the quote, God will never give us more than he can handle. And so I, I like that maybe a little bit better. Um, and, and then they also said, um, you know, like when, when we tell people that are suffering, right? They're going through a tough time. We'll say, hey man, God will never give you more than you can handle. And it's meant to be an encouraging thing. That's what this article I'm, I'm, I'm reading says. But they said the better phrase is, God will give you all the grace you need in every situation. And, and this pulls from the Second uh, Corinthians verses about Paul and him talking about his weaknesses and and how he had a thorn in his side uh to keep him humble and and how God kept telling Paul even though Paul was asking three different times please take this away my grace God would say my grace is enough it's all you need my grace is enough it's all you need my strength comes into its own 
in your weakness. And so that's, that's when it becomes, we become strong when we're weak because God's power is, is upon us. And so going back to another verse uh, in 2 Corinthians uh, 1, 8, 9, Paul writes, We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And so when we believe in, in God to place our trust and hope and faith in him and, and rely on the one who raised Jesus from the dead and, and resurrects our own lives to give us eternal life, we have power in him. And, and so, you know, even in this verse, we were crushed, overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't endure. So we are going to face things that are way beyond us and, and it's going to, you know, almost destroy us. But God, but God steps in, but God gives us the strength to endure. It comes from him. We definitely can't do it on our own. So that's the message there. Uh, and then the one other thing that kind of gets thrown into this is in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, where Paul writes, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And so this is, this is separate. This is talking about temptation to sin. And, and so that's the context of, of these verses. And, and so, listen, I'm not a biblical scholar, but I did a little research on this and, and have you know, heard these sayings and, sayings and verses and trying to figure out the truth. I like to know the truth and what the Bible actually says, so I encourage you to do the same. We're, we all have access to the Bible, and we have access to you know, look at you know different insight and, and experts and pastors and writers and theologians and all that and, and kind of trust God to give you some some wisdom and clarity. But for me, when it comes to temptation, God's going to give us a way out. We don't have to give in to temptation. We don't have to fall. We don't. We're never stuck in a way like, well, I, I I had to sin. I didn't have any other option. I didn't have any other choice. No, God gives us the ability to endure, the ability to get out of that temptation. So that's the encouragement there. So we're going to face difficulties, challenges that are overwhelming in our own abilities, in our own strength, and we need his power in the midst of our weakness to get through, to endure, to persevere. We rely on him. We fall on our knees independent, in dependence on him. And so, again, Jimmy Dykes, he says, God sometimes gives us more than we can handle. It forces us to our knees at his feet where he has our full attention. So that's, that's going to happen in our life if, if God's trying to get our attention and he's going to use those, those hard things in our life. But God's not the one tempting us to sin. That's, that's the evil one. That's our, that's our enemy. He's trying to get us to sin, but God's going to give us a way out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, you don't have to sin. You don't have to, you don't have to give in to this. You don't have to give in to this temptation. I'll show you a way out. So, uh, so hopefully that, that gives you a little clarity and hopefully that gives you the encouragement to, uh, to study this concept a little bit further. You know, again, we see tweets, and, and so this is an encouraging tweet from Jimmy, but we see those things. People say stuff to us. We, we need, as followers of Jesus, to go back to God's Word and say, all right, whoa, 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 what's the context? What do these words really mean? Look at different translations. So, you know, you don't have to take my word for it, but hopefully you trust me enough to say, all right, well, Bryce has done a little research here, so that's, that's a good start. But wrestle with this yourself. It's, it's a, I think it's a good thing to, uh, to consider. Because I like this, again, 
God will never give us more than he can handle. So he'll help us out. He'll give us the strength we need. There you go. All right, so that's good stuff. The other thing that Jimmy talked about in regards to Coach K is his willingness to be adaptable, and I think it's key. I, to me, and it's a, it's a wonderful character trait of Coach K, but, but how in our own lives are we adaptable where we stay true to the unchanging principles of God's Word and, and you know, hold true to God's truth and God's word and, and you know, integrity and, and we don't change in that regard. But we are adaptable in that we adjust to circumstances sometimes where, okay, I've got to reevaluate. I've got to, okay, yeah, okay. Uh, we have to be willing to change in certain ways, in positive ways, right? We're becoming more like Jesus. We want to adapt to become more like Jesus. And then also we just have to adapt to, it's not that we adapt to culture in the sense we just go with the flow, but we have to recognize where culture is going and and adapt in a way that we still share the true gospel. And so churches are always having to adapt a little bit slightly in how they set up a church service or how they set up small groups, and they have to adapt to how culture is changing. We had to adapt with COVID, right? We have to adapt. The word stays the same. The gospel stays the same. Our 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 uh, call to tell people about Jesus, to point people to Jesus, that doesn't change. But we have to adapt. Here at Unpacking It, we've adapted. We used to be on radio. We've adapted to podcasts. We used to do podcasts only. Now we do video. We've adapted to video. And so now I've got to shower more often. I got to be ready for video. I used to be a schlub. Schlub on radio. Those radio guys, I'm telling you, they don't shower much. They don't shave. It's nice. I was, I was, I was there. I got it. Start to stink a little bit, but you got to adapt. You got to adapt, and so things things change a little bit. Again, your principles don't change, integrity doesn't change, and and God's truth doesn't change. God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forever. So, <laughs> but Coach K, he adapted to the changes that that college basketball. He he couldn't control those changes, but he could control how he adapted to those changes. Now, I personally don't like that he went in on the one and dones. But it kept them relevant. It kept Duke relevant. And they've been overall very consistently great in the mix. And they actually won a championship with a bunch of one and dunners, the Jalil Okafor, Justice Winslow team. So he, he was able to, to get it done. I, just as a fan, I wanted to watch guys, just like we saw with Kansas, guys that had been there for a few years and build something. I, I love that. And we saw that in the tournament for the most part. A lot of the, the, the veteran teams... Um, even teams like Houston and Arkansas and UCLA were back in the mix after great runs last year, too. So that's what I, I like in that regard. So, so anyway, I think it's a good good thing to consider about being adaptable uh, as well. So I like what Jimmy said in regards to Coach K. I, I think that's true, for sure. There you go. There's today's podcast with Jimmy Dykes. I'm still, uh, yeah, I was up late watching that game last night. So, so forgive me. Uh, but hopefully that was a fun podcast, enjoyable to listen to. Uh, I like Jimmy Dykes a lot. So I hope you do as well. Thanks for listening. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. 
For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackinit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.